Welcome to CBJ in 30, the official podcast of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here's Bob McElligant. Oh, what a day, what a day, what a day, what a day. Welcome to CBJ in 30, the day after the first day of free agency. I mean, free agency is not just one day. It's, it's every day. You can sign anybody you want. Ask the Devils. They got Andre Pilat, right? You can sign whoever you want to whenever you want to now. Uh, it's just that that first day is uh, when it all gets kicked off. And boy, what a kickoff it was for the Blue Jackets yesterday after getting Eric Goodbranson from the Calgary Flames to shore up that physical guy on the blue line. 6'5", 220, physical, right-handed shot guy, all that stuff. They got that done yesterday. Looked like everything was done. We're good. We're okay anyway. And then they were able to pull off the steal of the century when they got uh, Johnny Goudreau. The top free agent available yesterday came to the Columbus Blue Jackets on his own volition. Chose to come to the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's on his way to Columbus right now. And uh, he's going to have a press conference at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Hopefully you're going to hear from him before that press conference that he has at 1 o'clock this afternoon. So that's, uh, that is what we're looking to do here today. Right now, I'm looking to uh, try to get a couple of guys on with me so that we can start talking. We, invite, we, uh, we invited. I'm, I'm reading and trying to do stuff at the same time. Two things at the same time doesn't work uh, well for me. But yesterday, Jeff Rimmer, Jody Shelley, Jean-Luc Rampierre, they all uh, joined me, and uh, we talked about what was going on with free agency. And when we were doing the show, nothing was going on. I mean, the Goodbranson signing didn't come until after we were done doing the show yesterday. So today, it's a whole new thing. And I want to get some of these guys on right now. Jean-Luc, are you there? I am here, Bob. It's, uh, it's amazing how easy we thought we had it yesterday disappointingly easy, quite frankly, and how excitingly uh, we are so busy today. Kind of crazy how things happen, but yes, Bob, I thought our day was done, and you know, you and I both talked, and we're like, all right, happy vacation, have a good summer, we'll see you in September, right? And then next thing you know, uh, uh, <laughs> they, you know, they literally dropped this bombshell on us, and uh, back to work we are. <laughs> What, what do you think about this? When you say bombshell, you're right, because we didn't see it coming. I mean, all day, you know, for weeks it's been talked about if Johnny Gaudreau was going to leave the Calgary Flames, the preferred destination was the Philadelphia Flyers. Of course, we talked yesterday, and Jeff Rimmer was all over this, and I think Jeff is Jeff's finally in now. So, Jeff, unmute yourself, and we can talk about this. Um, you know, Philly could not get the cap space that they needed to uh, add Johnny Gaudreau to their roster, then it was the New Jersey Devils. They had the cap space. It was the New York Islanders. They could have brought him in, and at the end of the day, he winds up in Columbus. Jeff is on with us now. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm great. Really excited, as uh, I'm sure Blue Jacket fans are, and, and for good reason. And the bottom line here is the Blue Jackets pick up the top three agent, a superstar in the prime of his career. And forget the points, 115 points, finished second to Connor McDavid in the scoring race. But I go back to the season, and Bob, I, I may have told you this. I certainly shared my thoughts with uh, Jody when we were out in Calgary. I go back a long way with Daryl Sutter. Back to my junior days, not as a player because I wasn't simply good enough. Far from that. But uh, getting an opportunity to broadcast, some of those junior games in the Alberta Junior Hockey League, and being a part of the Sutter family. They all played in Red Deer for the Rustlers, and I got to be very close with Daryl Sutter, the coach of the Flames. And when we were in Calgary, I went over to the Flames dressing room and asked the trainer to get him out, and we had this long conversation. But what Sutter said at that point, and this isn't said too often, is that Johnny Goodrow is not only an outstanding player and a superstar in this league, but he's a 200-foot player. And I give some of that credit to Daryl Sutter, who, although he wouldn't take it, he said, Goodrow's the guy that became a 200-foot player. But he has certainly become one of the top players in the National Hockey League, and he's now a Blue Jacket. And put away the narrative that players don't want to come to Columbus. And this is just opening the door. We're going to see more players through free agency and trades. Hey, 
look at the players that spoke to Goodrow prior to him signing with Columbus yesterday. Look at the Dalton Prouts, Cam Atkinson, Zach Wierinski, just to name three of the uh, players that have had the fortune of playing for Columbus and telling Goodrow how much he would enjoy it for him and his family. It's a great day for the Blue Jackets. It's a great day for hockey, and it's especially great for the Columbus Blue Jacket fans in the city. And, Jeff, I think uh, what I really got out of this entire uh, procedure yesterday is that we all assume that guys have already made up their mind, the deal is already done, the clock is going to strike 12 on free agency day, and the players are just going to go to where it had been rumored that they were going to go to. I mean, you know, it, it happened yesterday with uh, Campbell. He goes immediately, uh, leaves the Maple Leafs, and he goes to the Edmonton Oilers. He's your new goaltender. Boom, that's done. And, you know, with this one, now we did know that there were, there were several teams that were in the mix. But, you know, obviously this is something that as the day went along – Johnny Goudreau and his camp, you know, they, they talked about, they thought about, and then they eventually, they made their decision yesterday. They, they, they didn't make this three or four weeks ago. No, not at all. And go back to yesterday when we started the show, and you were kind of uh, needling me along the way because I said right out from the outset, he wanted to go home. It'll likely be New Jersey. But I also mentioned the phone call that I got the day before from somebody in hockey that had nothing to do with the Blue Jackets, had nothing to do, from what I understand, really with direct contact with Goodrow, but was actually making the call for somebody that was in the Goodrow camp and asked if the Blue Jackets would be interested, if you recall, in, uh, in coming to Columbus. Uh, Goodrow being interested, of course. And uh, I said, yeah, I think the Blue Jackets would be more than interested, but not as an intermediary and one that could jack up uh, the asking price to get Goodrow's signature on a contract. And then lo and behold, and hey, we went off the air and we didn't know where Goodrow was going. And it really wasn't until full, maybe 4.35 o'clock, first word went out that the Blue Jackets were seriously being contemplated by uh, the Goodrow group and uh, might very well become a Columbus Blue Jacket. And of course it happened uh, later on in the afternoon, early on in the evening. And I look back on it now, and obviously there was immediate interest from Goodrow once he had declared himself a free agent and uh, was not going to re-sign with Calgary. And he looked at uh, Columbus and zeroed in on it with his agent and his representative that, yeah, Blue Jackets and Columbus were a legitimate candidate for his services. Legitimate candidate, and here he is. Jean-Luc, I want to ask you, because you're a guy that played here, and you decided to make your home here, and you were away from the team, had a regular job. Now you're back in on the broadcasting side of it. You know, you, you've been here for a lot of the history of this franchise. When you got the news yesterday, how big is that news? Uh, how, how shocking is it, and how, how great is it for what's going on here with the Blue Jackets? Well, Bob, it is both shocking and great. Uh, listen, I, I think you look at the history of the Columbus Blue Jackets and, you know, no disrespect to anyone else that signed here as a free agent, but this is uh, by far the largest and the biggest uh, free agent signing done by any management here in Columbus in 22 years. So that's history about, uh, right there. And then for me, as Jeff uh, talked about earlier, you know, enough with the narrative that nobody wants to play in Columbus. You're looking at a free agent here that, yes, you know, it, it came down to two, three teams. And out of it, Johnny Goudreau picked the Columbus Blue Jackets. And that only opens the door for the future. And obviously, you have to give credit to the guys that really paved the way here. And we're talking about the Nick Felinos, the Cam Atkinson, that really, like, may no longer be with the organization but all have said some great things about the city of Columbus, whether it's the teammates, uh, colleagues, agents, etc. And that's how you create that culture that, you know, John Davidson and uh, Yarmulke Kalainen made a priority when they first took office here seven years ago. And there it is today. It's kind of like, the, you know, the, the cherry on top, you know, as far as you look at it. Uh, to have a, a guy, you know, like Johnny Goudreau come here, through free agency, not through a trade. 
Yeah, no question about that. And, Jeff, I had some extra noise there, so I, I muted you. Unmute yourself again so you can answer it. There we go. Um, I've got a lot of questions here in, in this mailbag today, and I'm going to ask you uh, this question. It's going to cover a lot of things that a lot of people are asking here. Are the Blue Jackets going to be able to keep Johnny Goudreau and Patrick Line together on this team for the foreseeable future? Well, you can answer that uh, question based on what Jarmo Kekalainen uh, indicated immediately after the signing of uh, Goudreau, and that is their intention is still to get Line signed. And if I'm Patrick Line and I see Goudreau has signed a contract here, and uh, again, we go to the stigma and the narrative that players don't want to be here, we've heard nothing but uh, positive comments from Patrick Line since he first put on the Blue Jacket uniform. He says he wants to sign a long-term deal. The Blue Jackets, even despite the signing, have indicated they want, and Yarmo was very clear about it uh, late yesterday, that they still intend to sign Line. But it takes two to tangle here now, and uh, I would think that uh, Line, waking up this morning after going to bed last night, knowing that he has a new teammate here, would want to get uh, his signature on a contract. And I suspect we'll have Line done here shortly, uh, or, or, and I go back to uh, our uh, kidding around yesterday, uh, Bobby uh, Margarita, uh, Bob McKenzie indicating on TSN television yesterday that he does not rule out a Line A trade. So I think we're going to find out here rather quickly that uh, Line A is going to be a Columbus Blue Jacket or perhaps uh, the alternative. But my, my gut tells me he's going to re-sign here. My heart says he's going to be here. So let's get the deal done. Where are you at, Jeff? You in the? Are you getting a coffee or something? No, I'm sitting here in uh, in the living room. There's nobody around. I don't oh, think it's that, me. Is that John Luke then? That's probably John Luke. Well, I, I was just walking to the Blue Jackets office. Uh, I'm be oh. ah. on a press conference. And, ah, yeah, okay. See? Sorry, Jeff. Sorry. It's not just sitting yeah. I, 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 it's okay, Bob. Pretty well too. I accept your apologies this time, Bob. Don't let it happen again. <laughs> well, you're usually the guy that's out and about, and you're on the move trying to get all the scoops there. So, Or or my phone's ringing in, in uh, John Tortorella's press conference. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> hey, Jean-Luc, let me ask you this. What what do you see this team looking like with Patrick Line and Johnny Goudreau, whether they're on the ice at the same time or whether it's one line comes over the boards with one of them, the next line with the other one? Well, I think, uh, number one, the, you know, you look at Johnny Goudreau's number and five-on-five points with the leader last season. So it's not just, obviously, the power play that's going to be uh, getting tremendous help. You know, you think about the Voracek, the Lionings, the Goudreaux, Zach Wierenski at the point. That is kind of crazy to think about. But also, power play. And I think just the presence of another superstar here in, in the Columbus market, which is going to bring excitement not only on the ice, but off the ice as well. Uh, you know, we're coming off of COVID there where the crowds came back in masses last season. But uh, I'll tell you something. Uh, if I'm a season ticket holder right now and I'm a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, I am extremely happy with that signing. So the impact is larger than just on the ice. I think it's going to be a big boost for the organization as a whole. How big? How big? Let me just jump in here because uh, Jean-Luc makes a great point here. And season ticket holders and Blue Jacket fans, I was told this morning... And when was when did we know definitively that Goudreau was a Columbus Blue Jacket? I was somewhere around seven o'clock or so, maybe last night. Okay. Well, guess what? Even at that late hour, I am told today that the Blue Jackets sold after the announcement double-digit season tickets. Perfect. And the middle of July, or what was it, thirteenth of July? Yeah. And people are on vacation, and I would suggest that today is another big day for the Blue Jacket season uh, ticket uh, folks. And uh, I would say to Blue Jacket fans that may have been sitting on the on the fence and waiting to see what the Blue Jackets were going to simply do here in the off season to improve the team, they may want to uh, jump on it here now and uh, be able to get the seats that they want, because I've got a feeling there'll be a rush for season tickets the Columbus Blue Jackets as we set get set for the 22-23 season. Ever the salesman, Jeff. Ever the salesman. But you're right. Well, you're absolutely right. 
I, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> hey, I see, speaking of people on vacation, I see Jody Shelley has joined us here. So, Jody, welcome. I know you've been busy already. <laughs> I know you've been talking about this subject with different people all over the world, I'm sure, already this morning. What, what were your thoughts when you found out about this yesterday? Well, yeah, like you guys, I was, uh, you know, I was totally shocked. Even though Rimmer brought it up yesterday on our, on our uh, free agent frenzy, that it was a possibility. It was still a low percentage that I thought that that was going to happen. And I was just, uh, yeah, I was ecstatic. I mean, um, you know, this is a player that, um, you know, you watch free agents that we have here in Columbus for a long time, and you see the elite players go to, you know, those markets that uh, we all know and talk about. But this, for Yarmo and his staff to go out and present, and, you know, Eric Robinson, I'm sure, had something to do with his childhood friend and, it's just tremendous. I'm excited for Columbus Blue Jackets, Columbus, Ohio, uh, all the people that work in the office. And, um, you know, it's just uh, it's, it's a great day for hockey in Columbus. It's a major step. And I've got texts like you guys and people all around the hockey world saying, wow, Johnny Hockey's in Columbus. Great for you guys. So big move by them. I think it's a major statement. Um, and I think we know what we are in Columbus. And I think a lot of people just kind of dismiss what we are here and what we're about. And I think this move now uh, kind of makes me stand back and say, well, maybe I should look closer at Columbus, Ohio. So good stuff. Yeah, and that's that's really part of it, isn't it, Jody? I mean, you always talk about um, in this league now, there's a lot of who do you want to play with, right? And and, yeah. and guys gravitate to their friends or they gravitate to some of the star players. And this is a guy that chooses to come here after this team hasn't gone to the playoffs the last couple of years. And, and do you get there this year? I think you have a heck of a lot better chance with him. But it, it's not like you're on the cusp of a Stanley Cup, but he's willing to buy in. And, oh, quite frankly, we talked about this a lot yesterday, him leaving a lot of money on the table that he could have taken from Calgary. And he's he's come here at kind of a hometown discount for a, a team that wasn't even his hometown, and he wants to make it better, and he will make it better real fast. So that that should make it more attractive to other players, wouldn't you think, Jody? Yeah, I think it's a lifestyle change for him. You know, Northern Alberta is beautiful, but he's a guy from the Jersey area. I saw some people on Twitter say he's not that much closer to home. I think those people can take a look at a map. Before they <laughs> say, I think they're from Calgary. It's an hour flight to Philly. Uh Listen, you got to credit ownership here, Bob. I mean, I know Yarmo. I mean, if you're a GM that can't make this move, it makes it very difficult. But ownership has never had a hesitation. We talked to Castles yesterday, and he was talking about then, way back in the early 2000s, how Mr. Max made sure he could fly to Toronto on the private plane to go get and see his children. I mean, those are things that behind the scenes mean so much. So for Johnny Goodrow, it all lined up for him to come to Columbus. He likes the team. Um, I think it's just... Uh, you know, you look at, he could have gone anywhere. He could have gone anywhere in the National Hockey League. And I think that uh, it's just a credit to where the organization is. And I will tell you this. I was down in the locker room the other day touring the new phase of that they've done in the weight room and the back room. And, you know, last year they did the main locker room. I told the guy that toured me, I said, any player that has played for this organization, especially guys like Atkinson, you know, they're going to be so jealous because what they're doing down there, they are pulling out and making sure it is world-class for anyone that walks in the front door. And I think Johnny Hockey was impressed with the presentation, where this organization is, and where they want to be. So if he wants to be a part of it, I think it's just a fabulous thing for this team. A couple things here, guys. Johnny Goodrow is not coming to Columbus blind. In fact, if you go back to that conversation, Jody, that we had, and Bob and John Luke to start the show yesterday, I believe, and I... I got several calls as, as we all did and talked to one quote unquote insider who said that it might not be too far wrong that, uh, Goodrow and his representatives made the initial interest and the call to the blue jackets to see if there was mutual interest. And then when you look at what Goodrow had to say last night after agreeing to the contract, that he has heard nothing but great things from Cam Atkinson. And by the way, if you look back on the history of his college career, it was Atkinson who gave Goodrow his number when uh, he left. And Atkinson has had nothing but great things to say about Columbus, the city, the place to raise a family. Atkinson himself has moved back and repurchased his own home to come back and make his permanent home in Columbus. 
Dalton Prout's name was mentioned by Goodrow, and we all know how much Dalton Prout loved this city as a player. Mark Mathod on Twitter this morning went out of his way seeing some of the negative comments being made and said, hey, I spent five years in Columbus. It's a sleeper city. It's a great place to live. I loved living there. My family loved it. You people don't realize what a great hidden gem is the city of Columbus is. Zach Warinsky was his teammate in the world championship. He talked glowingly to Goodrow well before any of this was established and told him about the city. This is a great, great deal for the Blue Jackets, and that narrative about Columbus not being a destination is something in the past, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you on that, Jeff. And I I said last year when Wierenski signed his extension, that needed to be the end of that. It was still floating around. This is the definitive end of that. There's no doubt about that. Jean-Luc, um, you know, we're talking about – I was just talking with, with Jody about the players that – you know, they may come here in the future because they want to play with a guy like Johnny Gaudreau on what uh, is hopefully going to be a good team that goes deep into the Stanley Cup playoffs. But there's a guy on this team, and Jeff just talked about Atkinson passing his number off. Um, he's kind of passing it off again, but it goes through a guy for about 10 minutes, Kent Johnson, <laughs> who wore number 13 when he came in here last year. And uh, Dylan Tyre texted him just a little bit ago to ask him about Johnny Gaudreau because he started wearing 13 because of Johnny Gaudreau, because he, you know, he idolized him. That was a guy that he looked up to and wanted to model his game after being a smaller guy. So, Jean-Luc, there's a guy that is, uh, you know, we've always talked about ever since he was drafted last summer about him being a huge part of this organization who basically is going to get to sit, maybe sit right next to a guy that he looked up to uh, and try to model his game after. Yeah, absolutely. And you get to, to play with one of your role model, one of your idols, and meet him in person. So, you know, two highly skilled guys. Obviously, one was a fourth-round pick in Johnny Goudreau and Kent Johnson, the highly touted, you know, fifth overall last season. But what a great experience for him and what a chance to be able to learn from, you know, literally one of the best in the NHL early on. And on top of it, Jody, I don't know what you think, you get to get the you get a nice little watch probably from Johnny Goudreau on top of it. Not only you get to play with your idol, but you get one of those uh, watches yeah. that don't get off, right? Is that what they say? You don't have to wind it. Yeah, that's good. That's, I like that. I like that a lot. Good play by Johnson. But yeah, think about that. It's one thing to play against your idols. You know, we talk to players all the time. They get to play against their heroes when they when they first break into the league. But how about sitting next to one? So yeah, that's a great point. What about uh, what about Cole Sillinger, guys? I mean, you know, here's a guy that he established himself last year. He's a centerman. Again, we don't know what lines these guys are going to play on, but you know, he has got to be super excited today. You know, knowing that this franchise, he, he knew it had a good future just with the guys he was around last year. But Jeff, to see what's coming right now and the fact he might be able to dish the puck to this guy, would I would imagine he's a thrilled young man. I would think so. And uh, look at the impact that he had a year ago. Look at how he grew over the course of the season. I think that uh, he would be a legitimate uh, candidate to center Goodrow, and who knows, maybe line A on that other side. But uh, let's not forget there's another guy that uh, we had returned to Columbus and uh, certainly made an impact, and he's a disher as well. He can certainly get the puck uh, to Goodrow, and that's a guy by the name of Jake Voracek. He's got to be thrilled with what happened yesterday as well. So there's certainly some opportunities for the Jackets. I can't wait to see the first power play alignment. That's the one that I'm looking forward to. There'll be competition to be on that unit, I would think. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> I'd say. I'd say. But, you know, Cole Tillinger, that's a good point. I mean, you know, his impact last year expedited a lot of things for the Blue Jackets. You know, him to come in and be able to be that mature and show that he can play that game. But a guy like Grosselbeck's interest to me, too. Because, you know, Goodrow played with Lindholm. Lindholm's an intelligent player. Johnny needs someone to get him that puck and throw attention away from Johnny a little bit so he can get open. So, uh, a lot of a lot of big dynamics on the board and a lot of rotations that they'll have. I don't think he can't help focus them beyond because what a fun puzzle of people to get. And that's Jody, are you driving right now? I think we may have lost yeah, him. Yeah, we might we might have lost him there. We might have lost him. 
And again, I know in the mountain of Tennessee. Yes, <laughs> the Smoky Mountains. No, no, he, he's down in. Uh, he should be in Florida right by now. Uh, I, at least I would think he's there by now. That he, they were making some pretty good headway yesterday. Uh, what do you I'll have? You another, he, what do you have? His location? You track him on your phone or what? No, but we've talked several <laughs> times. In fact, we talked before. Hey, how many times has he asked me over the course of our travels? Hey, Rims, you're the weather guy. What's yeah, the weather going to be? He does. Well, he, before he asks you the weather, the, the traffic, and the latest news and all the, the time. sports. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. News, weather, and sports. That's that's what we provide. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, he had, he had called me before starting the trip, and I think he's back now. And wanted to know about the, uh, there was a uh, tropical storm disturbance that was perhaps going to affect the, the latter part of the week. You are a Florida. weather guy. You should be a weather guy. You just said tropical storm disturbance. Yeah. Like, that's not well, normal conversation. Hey, it, listen, <laughs> after college, after college, my first job was in Lethbridge, Alberta, and I did the television late night news, weather, and sport. There you go. Oh, my God. So there you go. And one time, I'll tell a quick story. Everybody can have a quick laugh. And that is uh, you have those videotapes. And in those days, they had those big tapes way back when I first started. And uh, all the tapes went down. The equipment went down. I had 15 minutes left. So I went to the weather map. And I went over that weather map in Alberta and the United States and the western part of the U.S., I'll tell you what, I had to fill 15 minutes with nothing but a bunch of BS, but I got through it, and it was quite a learning experience. So, yeah, I concentrate on the weather from time to time. Do you know who you surprised by saying you were able to fill 15 minutes of BS? Nobody. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Hey. You guys know I only tell the truth. I know. At all times. Oh, my gosh. You know, just it it, – it's good to sit and laugh and have fun and, and feel like, uh, you know, a, a really important part of the National Hockey League today. I mean, Jean-Luc, the, the whole the demeanor changes. You know, uh, Dylan Tyre and I were talking yesterday about that mood going into the draft last year at Nationwide Arena pre the Seth Jones trade and how uh, once that trade was made, you came out of the building with a completely different feeling then. The same was true yesterday. I mean, yesterday, it's like, eh, okay. Everything's all right. Even when you get good Branson, okay, you get a little bit better on the blue line there. you got some toughness now, and, and you feel okay, and you know you've got a good group, and then all of a sudden today you feel like, oh, my gosh. I mean, this is – and I know <laughs> some of the players, um, you know, I, I've got some reports from some of the guys that have talked to our current players that they still can't believe it. It's almost like a pinch me. I can't believe this guy is coming here. I mean, this is total excitement. Oh, it is. It's, it's exciting for the organization. It's exciting for ownership and, and just look at the commitment that they've made. It's exciting for our fans. It's exciting for our season ticket holders. And uh, it's got to be exciting for those guys that put on the blue jacket uniform night in, night out. Even past players, same thing. And by the way, you mentioned Good Branson. I am told that uh, Johnny Blue Jacket or Johnny Hockey or Johnny Goodrow, however you want to refer to him now, he made a phone call to Goodbranson earlier on in the day yesterday when he found out that Goodbranson was signing with the Blue Jackets. And I think that Goodbranson told him a few things that uh, made Johnny feel even better about his decision before signing to come to Columbus. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think, uh, you know, let's call him Johnny Jackets. That'd be a nice, uh, nice little nickname. But uh, just walking through the office and you guys were asking about all that noise, you can see the excitement. You know, it, it is mid-July in the Blue Jackets office. It's typically pretty quiet. Everybody was in there, and it's like everybody had a big smile, loud, and almost like everybody's walking taller. And you have to give credit uh, to the Blue Jackets organization, but also the coaching staff. You know, if Brad Larson, when he was hired by it was not an overwhelming, you know, approval rate from the fan base, but if the Blue Jackets didn't have the season they just had, you know, being 500, in a complete rebuild. I don't know if Yarmo would have pushed to really go get a guy like Johnny Goudreau. So you have to give credit to these guys in the locker room that worked their tail off all season long to make this happen as well. So overall, to me, it's a, it's a nice, like I said, it's a nice uh, cherry on the Sunday for the team, for the city, and the whole organization as well. It's funny, hey, too. Bob. Uh, hold on a second, Jeff. I want to tell you this. 
being in this office, there are different league meetings going on. So there are there are many of the higher executives that are not here right now because they're off of these different NHL meetings. Like, if there was ever a time that you wanted to be in the office and be a part of what's going on, this is the day. So I got a feel for them, but uh, we'll just enjoy the fun for them, I guess. I've got a question. Is Jody back with us now? Uh, yes, I think he is. I am. Where am I now, Jeff? Where am I now, Jeff? Well, I don't, I don't have... <laughs> Where in the world is Jody Shelley? <laughs> you got, a, you got an air tag on me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was at your place uh, for a glass of wine the last time, I put one of those uh, Apple things on the bottom yeah. of the RV. <laughs> Of the RV, really and I've got my I got my phone here right now, and of course uh, we're we're on uh, Bob's uh, thirty and thirty show, but uh, I I am able to track through navigation exactly oh, yeah. where you are, and you're somewhere <laughs> in the United States on the East Coast through your Snapchat you through your Snapchat, Jody. You know he's a big Snapchat yeah. guy. Yeah. But, let, but let me let me ask you a question in all uh, in all seriousness. What about the style of play moving forward? with Goudreau and you know what kind of player he is for this Blue Jackets do you see? Well, I think it, and I heard John Luke talking about it when he was talking about the power play. You know, he's a weapon. and it puts You have to match up now against the Blue Jackets, and whether it's the line A and Goudreau on the same line or whether they're split up. You know, you've got a taller task. So, um, you know, with the goaltending short up, uh, they like their goaltending. The, the defense plays a certain way. It's, it's a team defense, but yeah, it's offensive zone. It's power play is the first thing you think of. But if you're the matchup, if you're coming in a nationwide arena or the Blue Jackets are coming in now, you have to really, really game plan against a top six, two top six lines that are, that are going to be dynamic. And I think that's the key word. He brings the way he controls the play, the way he can slow it down, the way he carries the puck, uh, the way he commands uh, respect with the puck. It's a, uh, it's gonna be. It's, I can't wait for the first practice to tell you the truth. Remember when Line A first got on? We oh yeah, wanted to be there and watch. This is gonna be exciting, and great to hear that about the office today. Uh, those guys do a lot of hard work, and you know, waiting for uh, you know whether it's a, a playoff berth or a playoff win or whatever it is. This is a this is a monumental day, unprecedented really for the Blue Jackets to, to bring in a, a a free agent of this magnitude. Jeff, you've been here for a long time. What other events? have happened here that have been as exciting as this to you? I lost you for a second. Oh, phone's no, I... still ringing. What was the question? <laughs> Who's calling you now? Uh, Bobby somebody Bobby. else looking for information. <laughs> yeah, Jeff is the true insider. He provides all the information to all those guys who get the credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, got all the scoop. <laughs> what, what, what I asked you, Jeff, is I said, you've been here for a long time. What other events since you've been here uh, is similar to this. Uh, does anything match it? What, what what other things stand out in your mind like what we're going through today? Well, I mean, there are several uh, outstanding uh, moments, uh, certainly in the going on 19th year that I've been with the Blue Jackets. Uh, obviously, making the playoffs for the first time that night that uh, we learned we were in. Uh, certainly, the four-game sweep over Tampa uh, and creating a monster is... Uh, uh, our great former coach uh, suggested after Tampa went on and won two Stanley Cups after. Those were great moments, but, uh, boy, it'd be tough to say anything really rivals this. This is really putting the narrative that Columbus is a destination and this franchise is taking a big step, not only in getting Goudreau, but putting this uh, franchise and this city. Let's never forget Columbus because I'm telling you right now, that when Goudreau plays here, and we're talking about one of the true superstars of the National Hockey League, and he is asked about Columbus and what it's meant for him to live in this city, it's, it's going to speak volumes around the hockey community and around the world. I really believe that. Uh, you know, Jody, I was just thinking about this uh, because you were a uh... – you're coaching youth hockey now, so I know you're always uh, thinking about people that you can have play together and how you're going to get the most production. If you're Brad Larson, are you at that point yet, or are you waiting to see what moves Jarmo has to make uh, because he's going to have to clear some cap space here, so maybe it's a little bit uh, premature to start figuring out who's going to play with who in that first practice and training camp. Oh, Jody, you're muted if you heard me. 
I heard you. Oh, there you go. Uh, thanks for that, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> I think Larson's already well underway with that. You know what I mean? I think that the coaches would have the exact buzz or more. And, and you know, these are the guys that are in the in the locker room, kind of waiting for these moments, right? And and you give them a team last year; they get everything they can out of them. They love the style they play, uh, but they knew where there was deficiencies. And now you've rewarded these coaches with saying, "Okay, here you go. Here's another." Here's another little piece to play with, guys. Let's have some fun. And and I think as a coach, it's uh, it's got to be so rewarding for every one of those guys. You think of Kenny McCutton, the skills coach. He's got to be just excited as about and Jared Bull as, as anybody is. You know, learning, seeing, watching, and, and helping these guys. Johnny Gaudreau and the team. So, I mean, I don't think there's one part of this organization that's not ecstatic and, and excited to get this going. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And- and Bob, you know, as uh, Jody's talking about the little piece, you know, and Johnny Goudreau, then you have to also give credit Yarmo with the signs of the Branson, you know, a big piece on the back end that's going to bring that physical element that we've been begging for all season long. And that was his number one priority. Little did we know uh, Johnny Goudreau was uh, number two on this one. Yeah, right. But, uh, you know, this is something that's going to change a whole uh, – you know, demeanor of this team on the ice to have a veteran, you know, 30-year-old, big, right-handed, solid defenseman that can mix it up if needed and give these guys a little bit more room. Because remember, there were some games last season where you could you could feel the frustration from Jake Voracek and other players, and that was something that needs to be addressed. So, uh, you know, it, yes, it costs, you know, $16 million over four years, but it's definitely something where, you know, management goes to the team now and says, well, you know, there's no more excuses. Let's go all out. Yeah, and John, look, I'm glad you brought him up because I was just about to ask you about him. Uh, how do you see – we were just talking about, you know, the forward combinations that there could be. How do you see this blue line potentially playing out maybe with uh, the pairings now that you throw Eric Branson into it and he becomes a part of what's going to happen here? Well, I'm not sure because, you know, we talked about shedding some uh, weight and some cap space and, you know, I – I would not be surprised to see a defenseman move in the next few days. But right now, you're looking at Gut Branson is like, is he going to be a first pair along with Jack Wierenski and Loggie's big minutes? Is he going to be a second pair with Gabrikov? I'm not sure exactly what the makeup is going to be on the back end, but it's definitely improved. There's zero doubt about it because, you know, puck moving defensemen, there's plenty in Columbus right now, but we did not, you know, beside Andrew Peak, he took incredible steps. Last season, you know, you really didn't have that hard-to-play, hard-nosed defenseman that, you know, you don't necessarily want to meet in the corners here and there. So uh, that's definitely a, uh, something that Blue Jackets lacked, and uh, Yarmo made it number one priority, and I think he accomplished it with fine color. What do you think about that, Jeff? Well, as I was discussing last night on his destination to uh, wherever he is uh, sitting right now, speaking, of course, to Jody Shelley, we talked about where he was in Calgary, and he played on the third pairing with Zadorov. And uh, talking to somebody last night uh, with the Flames, they thought that uh, they might have been one of the better third pairings in the entire National Hockey League. And Good Branson had a very solid year, knowing free agency uh, was around the corner for him. And uh, I, I, I kind of like Jean Luc's idea on the second uh, uh, pairing with uh, Gabrikov. Don't know necessarily if he's going to fit right in there on that right side with Wierenski. And don't be surprised, and, and John Lou's right, obviously there are going to have to be some modifications here now of the Jackets' blue line as well as the forwards here and, and obviously some uh, some changes and, and trades in, in the uh, days and the weeks ahead before training camp. But don't be surprised if the Blue Jackets don't bring in another defenseman. I don't think they're done here as far as uh, strengthening that blue line. If you remember going into last year, we were all wondering what's the Blue Jackets defense going to look like. Uh, obviously, Andrew Peake took a big step, but I'm not convinced that the Blue Jackets aren't going to make more moves in addition when Line A signs shedding salary but still improving the hockey tip. And as Yarmo as said yesterday, we're always open to improving this hockey team and intend to do so. Yeah, Jody, I was, and I was just saying, let's just go with that. Let's just say Goodbranson and Gavrikov. I, that on paper, that's a good shutdown pair, right there. Um, and that yeah. leaves you with Boquist, Wierenski, and Peak. 
Uh, Andrew Peak, what he did last year was phenomenal. In the big scheme of things, top t- top pair defenseman, I don't think so. So I don't know you that you definitely want to go back that way with Zach. You could, I guess, and then you could put somebody else on that third pair. And, you know, Boquist, even if he winds up on the third pair, he's going to get a lot of minutes because he's going to play power play. But uh, what, what do you think when you look at that, Jody? It's interesting. You think of it as a player, and I remember when, when uh, teams that was on picked up free agents, you know, you wonder where you fit in. You know, you look at the depth chart and you think, okay, what does that mean now for me? So for a guy like Andrew Peak, you know, you know he's walking away with feeling good about the way he played last year, but, you know, he's got to come in now and earn his spot again, and that's the way great organizations work. They have they have that competition we talked about a few years ago. So the Blue Jackets have that. Now, I, you know, I, I think it's a natural fit for Gabranson with, with Gavrikov because he did play with Zadorov, and, that you know, there's a similar style there, big, mobile, but understand their role. And I think that's why Good Branson had such a good year last year. Sutter put him in that role. He was very defined, and he didn't make those extra plays, which he did early in his career. So, you know, I think Boquist, yeah, is he a guy that's going to be a regular? You would think so with the sign they just made. But there's also a competitiveness, right, with the defensive core. Orensky's a competitive guy, Gavrikov, Peek, and now, now you've got Good Branson. So is he going to compete and work hard enough to have that spot because they're not going to give it to him, Bob. I think they have enough depth. There's enough young players who have shown they can play. That you know, he's the guy now, if he's here in camp, uh, yeah, you, we, they need him on the power play. But, uh, you know, there, there's that edge on the defending. The, the part of the, the year that they said at the end, which hurts them the most, is keeping the puck out of the net. And that's going to be the number one priority. To Jeff's point, and I love how Jeff brings up, you know, maybe there's more because, you know, he, he's got a good point there because, you, know, you you make a big move like Johnny Goodrow, and, and you've got your Branson. You don't just sit back now. I mean, there's one more step to take. And if you can, you take it right now. Yeah, a really, really good point. Jeff, let's talk just pretty much strictly numbers right now. Let's let's take the, uh, the, the people out of it and just talk about the numbers. And I have to do that if I'm talking about this guy because I, I hate to even talk about it. But if you're talking about clearing salary cap space, you're looking at some of the bigger deals. And like a lot of people, I've had a lot of people send tweets to me about Nyquist being on his way out. Nyquist, that contract is almost over anyway. I, I don't know. Maybe you can get somebody to take it right now and get out of the final year. Maybe you can't. But, you know, Oliver Bjorkstrand is a guy that he, he's just going into his uh, new contract, making about $5 million a year. Uh, he's a winger. Now there's another winger that has been added to the mix. In any other At any other point in time, I would never – ever even think about trading Oliver Bjorkstrand from this team, but he's when it comes to the numbers, he's a guy who has to be in the mix, right? I believe he has to because uh, when line A signs, if line A signs, that's going to uh, create a situation where the Blue Jackets are going to have to get some significant dollars uh, off the payroll, and you start looking who's in that neighborhood that can make a, a significant difference, and obviously you mentioned the two guys, Bjorkstrand being one, and and certainly Gus Nyquist. I don't know if you want to, when the Blue Jackets are looking for leadership, and, and that's certainly been provided by Nyquist, I don't know if he's the first guy that you look at. And like you say, he's got one year remaining on his contract. Uh, yeah, Bjorkstrand certainly is uh, is a possibility. Uh, you look around. What about a goalie? What about a goalie? I mean, yeah. On a very good budget contract, Elvis is at five. So there's, you know, there's some other areas they can. Well, yeah, and, and, and here, Jody, let me let me run this one by you. I threw this one out there last night, and I'm not. Look, this is all just spitballing here. You mentioned Elvis has a five million dollar deal right now. If Corpusalo comes back in a prove it year and has a good year, if Tarasov is playing, if he bounces back from his injury and he's playing really well in Cleveland and he is pushing and he and he's making you start to think about him being ready in the National Hockey League. Again, a lot of ifs here, but if those two guys are doing that, is that $5 million Elvis contract something that could be looked at? Wow. Yeah, something, that's amazing. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Ter- right. Tarasov is signed for three years. I mean, they've got him under control for three years at very, very reasonable rate. Uh, Corpusalo's got just the one year, but again, Daniil is going to have to push. He's going to have to get off to a great start in Cleveland, and he's going to have to push. Uh, but, I mean, honestly, that is just, again, talking about the numbers and not about the people. If those things were to happen, that could be a real thing to look at. 
Uh, it depends on health. That's the biggest yeah, thing. And, right. and you brought it up exactly. You know, Corpusala was a guy that really a tough year last year. I mean, it's got to be, it had to be a mentally tough year. Glad to see him resign. So he's back there with something to prove. And, and that makes it extremely interesting when camp starts. Yeah, I, I said that. I said that last night, and uh, somebody said the fan base would revolt. And, and I mean, yeah, there would be pushback on it. But again, we're just talking about numbers. And if last year I said Oliver Bjorkstrand should be dealt for somebody, the fan base would have revolted. This changes so many yeah. different things. And again, other people have to do their jobs. This is not something you're going to go out and go. Well, let's just do this guy. And let's just do this guy. Uh, there, there's way more factors involved here. Yeah, there's a price to pay when you get these big ticket free agents and and so the fan base revolting i understand the passion and, and the emotional connection but you know now pieces have to fit so well you know. there's no question and it happens on every team just uh, as an example for for our hockey fans and those tuning in here look at the situation in tampa they couldn't keep everybody and a player that was so important to them andre palat they didn't have room for him and he signs a five-year, $6 million a season contract with the New Jersey Devils last night. It happens with every organization and organizations that want to get better and want to compete for Stanley Cups. It's only natural that these types of things are going to happen. Yeah, they're going to miss him the most. I mean, that, that's, a, that's an under-the-radar player. That, that's one that, boy, I don't know, it's a huge loss. Exactly. Were you guys surprised he only uh, went five years I didn't really look at it, but yeah, maybe. I mean, how old is he? He's a guy. Yeah, you know, well, he's, he's th- I think he's thirty-one, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's thirty-one. Yeah. Pretty good number. Yeah. Pretty good number. Yeah, pretty good average salary. Absolutely. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, he is. He was so important to that franchise. And yeah, there was the Headmans and the Stamkos and the Kucherov, but this guy scored more big goals and was he was an integral part of that uh, team for so many years, and uh, they're going to miss him in Tampa. There's no question. Yeah. He's yeah. like the Krejci of Boston. You know what I mean? Same same type of player. You don't you don't talk about him all the time, but he, he's so important. Well, Johnny Goudreau is going to speak to uh, the media at 1 o'clock today. Uh, hopefully he's going to come in here before. You know, there are plans. The plans are always uh, made to change, but uh, the Blue Jackets went to pick him up. They have brought him back. I know they're back in town, so – um, so all of this is going to go down today and, uh, we'll hear from Johnny Goudreau and, and I think a lot of people are, are still waiting to hear from him. You know, what was it about uh, Columbus? What was it about the Blue Jackets? Why, why was this your final destination when all was said and done? And those are going to be, uh, those are going to be great answers. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Uh, Jean-Luc, one of the things, uh, with Johnny Goudreau and it's, uh, all over social media, it's pretty funny is, uh, you know, the videos of him jumping when the cannon blasts. And uh, I know in the article I read last night that he said, uh, well, we're going to have to get over that. we got to get that thing going. But uh, I, I think a lot of opposing players feel like that, don't they? They hate the doggone thing until they might be the one helping to set it off. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when there's national media here, you can see their reaction as that cannon goes blasting. And, yeah, it took a while <laughs> for, even for me to get used to it as I'm sitting about 10 feet from it when we're on the air. But this is something that, you know, when you score a goal, you're supposed to get excited and jump. So it could help Johnny with an even larger celebration every time he, he hits that cannon. So hopefully you can see him jump with fear, you know, maybe 45 to 50 times next season because of himself. And uh, it's something that, you know, you have to embrace it. And the cannon, I think, uh, is something that the Columbus Blue Jackets are known for throughout the league. But, uh, you know, for him, I'm sure he'll get used to it. And he will. Uh, it's not going to be a thing of nightmare anymore for him, but just dreaming of that cannon blasting game after game. <laughs> He's going to love it. Embrace the cannon. Hey, Jody. Exactly. you got to embrace it. Jody, we're, we talk about, you know, Goudreau and, and Line A, and obviously that's the, that's the flashy thing you want to talk about. But, uh, but uh, what, about, um, what about Jake Voracek being here and being yeah. a part of this? You want to talk about a, a rejuvenated guy who he's got to be thrilled with this, right? Absolutely. And, and you think about when they got him, we were all kind of like, Jake Voracek? Uh, how is that going to work? And it, it's worked out, I think, better than I ever expected. It's uh, – you know, he's the guy, we watch him, I get to watch him on ice level, and just how he's always telling his teammates and linemates how he sees the game. 
you know, like, like don't you tell them to slow down or speed up or open up here or trust me there. And, you know, him and Johnny may, might be speaking a similar language. And he's, a, he's one of those guys that's uh, in Philly, Claude Giroux, appreciate him because he's smart, he's intelligent, and he wants to play a game with that intelligent uh, flair. And it's, uh, it's another great piece that they have up front. Yeah. <laughs> and now, uh, Jeff, almost a plethora of intelligent players. And to give Yarmo a lot of credit on that, I mean, that is something that he has stressed. You've got to have – he wants to have good – guys that have good hockey sense, guys that think the game very well. They think it similarly. And that's you know, that's how teams win. You look at Colorado. It's very obvious. They had a lot of smart players. that They like to play the game the same way, and they had great success with that. You can see some of that starting to build here. Oh, no question about it. And, and bringing in a player – the caliber of uh, Johnny Goodrow. Here's a guy that sees the ice so well. Uh, these exceptional superstars. And, you know, the term superstar, I think, is somewhat overused. But in this case, legitimately, when you call Johnny Hockey the superstar that he is, every reason to do just that because he is truly a player. The Blue Jacket fans are going to get an opportunity. They're going to get a treat 41 times a year, and we hope for – uh, several playoff games each and every season. They're going to see one of the dynamic, one of the best players in the National Hockey League. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get back to Columbus and be there for the opening of training camp. This is really going to be something to see. Well, guys, thank you very much. I uh, appreciate it. i got to let you go. Thanks for being on here today. I'm glad we could finish off the conversation we started yesterday and, uh, and, and be excited together. So, Jody, continue safe travels to you. Sean, Luke, and Jeff, thank you very much, and we'll talk soon. Look forward to it. Thanks, right. guys. See you later. All right. We'll see you guys. Uh, I am very pleased, extremely pleased. We're, we're just talking about how excited we are. I am really excited right now. Johnny Gaudreau is with me in his Blue Jackets polo official. I mean, it was always official, but I get to see you in person, get to meet you. Welcome, and yeah. congratulations to you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, super excited. Uh, it's been uh, kind of a whirlwind of emotions here the past day, so um, we just got into town here and uh, couldn't be happier. Yesterday we were doing a show and we were talking. I was talking with Jody Shelley and John Luke Grandpierre, you know, uh, former players about free agency and and how you go through it and all the feelings. For the last number of weeks, it was they were it was talked about everywhere that if you weren't going to stay in Calgary, it was probably going to be Philly. If it wasn't going to be Philly, it was going to be Jersey or then the New York Islanders. What was your day like when when you woke up yesterday? Did you? Did you have any idea where you were going to be by the end of the day? Um, kind of had a, a mindset of where I would have liked to be. Uh, you know, we had a few teams in, in what we where we thought we w- would want to be, and uh, obviously Columbus was 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 there. And uh, um, like you said, it was it was a crazy past two weeks here, and um, it was a hard decision to uh, come to free agency. But um, you know, ultimately for me and my wife, we were we thought it was best for us and. We're expecting a child in September, so it, we thought it was best for our family to, to do that. And uh, Columbus was always, you know, on our list as something somewhere we we would have liked to play. And I know a lot of people think it's just you know Jersey, Philly, Highlanders, all those teams. But um, you know, it it is very close to home. It's a short drive. It's an hour flight, and um, you know, it's I've heard so many good things about this city, and it's a great place to raise a family. So. We thought it was perfect fit for us, to be honest with you. I wanted to ask you about that because it is the guys that have kids, and especially young families. And, and my family came here young, and they've grown up here in my time here. That is really a big selling point. It is a fantastic place to raise a family. And when you guys were making your decision, like what was the percentage of of that? Was it a big percentage? Uh, it went into it for sure, but um, you know, a lot of things went into it. I mean, every time I come here – uh, I love playing here. You know, the fans are into the game, and, you know, they're, they're fired up for their team, and um, we'll have to talk about the cannon, uh, you know, in the future. But, um, you know, they're always into the game, and, um, you know, I loved playing here. And uh, I've spoke to past players before I made my decision, and just great things about the organization, you know, the city and uh, the group of guys here in the, in the locker room. And it just always – you know, great stuff. We only heard good stuff. So, I mean, it was it was just 
perfect fit for us, we thought. I got to ask you, well, or I got to tell you something with the cannon, actually. Mm-hmm. Saw those videos yesterday. You're out there skating around. It goes off, and you jump, right? Now, that was just coming out before the start of the game. Yeah. All yeah, right? Yeah. So, in all fairness, the visiting team was already on the ice when that happened. Now, that cannon will go off when the goaltender steps on the ice. You'll still be in the tunnel. You're not going to have to deal with that the same way. And when it goes off after that, that's something you could have a big hand in. Yeah, I mean, hopefully I can get that thing going off. Uh, um, it might scare me still a little bit, but, uh, you know, hopefully I get used to it after the, the first few games here. Uh, that would be a great start. Just get used to it right away, right off the bat. And uh, But, um, yeah, I like that, you know. Uh, I'll be in the tunnel, so it will get me ease me into the, the cannon. There. Yeah, go to the back of the line. You won't have to deal with that pregame, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to ask you about a couple years ago, and it's actually been a long time now, you played in the All-Star game here. So you got a chance to come here in a very relaxed situation. I know as a player, when you go on the road, people always ask me, what's your favorite city? And I tell them, I'm going to rate it on three things, the hotel, the restaurants, and the arena, because that's all I see when I go on the road. But you did have a chance to come here for the All-Star game. It was a little bit more relaxed. You got to uh, maybe see a little bit more than you normally would. Uh, How much of those memories factored in when you were putting all of this together and making Columbus a choice? Yeah, it was a, I, I definitely kind of thought of that weekend for sure. Um, you know, I wasn't just at the rink or the hotel, you know. I was kind of walking around town. And, you know, I could you know, see how you know, excited, you know, the people of Columbus were about hockey. And I never really expected that. It was my first season. I didn't really know. I've never been to Columbus. I didn't really know what to expect. And uh, um, I wasn't supposed to play in the game. And then I get called six hours before that I'm going to play in the game. So then my parents are in you know, South Jersey, they start ripping right, they rip right to Columbus, they make it in six hours and 15 minutes, and they get catch the first period, I was like, Are you guys got here in such quick timing, and uh, they're like, wasn't that far, it was a great ride, and, uh, and then they ripped right back home, so, um, but that, that that weekend was was special to me, and uh, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, kind of made me feel a little more comfortable when I was, you know, trying to make my decision. You're leaving a Calgary Flames team that had some great players on it. You guys had a fantastic season this year. You personally had a great season with 115 points. When you looked at this roster, what excites you about the players on this roster that now will be your teammates? Yeah, I mean, a lot of really young, skilled players. Obviously, I've seen that. Um, you know, you got, you know, Line, who's probably got one of the best shots in the league, maybe behind Ovechkin. I mean, it's the way he releases the puck it's, it's it's crazy to watch so um and and I've heard so many good things about how close the group is and that's important to me you know you you want to play with guys who you know support each other and get along in the locker room and you know love playing together and and that was uh, really important to me as well and um obviously Renski on the back end just a you know a really good defenseman that is going to be here for a while so I, that that that's you, you want to see things like that and you want to see players who are you know, that caliber of player that are going to be here for a while, and I think that that definitely helped me. And and you know, Zach, you've talked to Zach about uh, this, obviously. Cam Atkinson is a guy that you know very well. I know Dalton Prout's another guy that you mentioned talking to. Uh, everybody that you talked to about Columbus, did you get pretty much the same feedback from each one of them? Yeah, I mean, it, everyone I talked to is just, they were, I felt like they were more excited than the person I talked to before them. So, you know, everyone just kept saying great things, great things, and um, you know, that's, that's what you want to hear. And, uh, and they're coming from, you know, players who don't even play in the organization trying to, you know, attract you to, to come to their team. You know, they're former players and, um, that's, that's the things you want to hear. You got to take Cam Atkinson's number again, <laughs> just like BC. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I knew the younger kid, the younger kid had it here. So when I was talking to everyone yesterday, I'm like, I, I don't need 13. He can have it. It's no big deal. I'll, I have can start fresh and uh, whatever he wants. And they, they said he already texted him said Johnny could have it. So I kind of feel bad. I'm going to have to bring him to, out, out to a steak dinner a couple of times this year. And um, I hear he's a smaller guy, so I'm going to try to, you know, thicken him up with some nice big steak dinners, we'll see. Well, and I don't know if you knew this, but for Kent Johnson, he took 13 because of you. Really? Oh, yeah, I did not because know he, he no. wanted to model his game after you. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, uh, yeah, that that's really cool. And uh I, I if I if I am 13, I still kind of feel bad, you know. I I, I hate I hate I wouldn't want to do that if you want to be 13. So, uh, I was talking to my wife about it. I was like, oh, I feel so bad, and but uh, hopefully, uh, you know, get him a little gift and bring him a couple dinners and, and go from there. But 
Hey, you talk about dinner. Are you uh, are you a big food guy? Because there's plenty of food of all different kinds here in Columbus. Oh yeah, me and my wife are uh, we we big foodies there. Uh, every night she's got the cooking channel on, watching what what she can cook next for me. So uh, we're excited. We've heard a lot of there's a lot of good restaurants around here, and and she likes cooking too. So uh, we're excited. Not you. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I can boil pasta. That's about it. Would you Would you starve if he had to do the cooking every night? Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, he says. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Well, Johnny, I know it's going to be an absolute whirlwind day for you. You start in Jersey. You're here in Columbus. So you got a lot of stuff to do before you go back. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. It, we, I don't know if you've noticed it in the very short time that you've been here, but this is, if not, uh, it, it's got to be the most exciting day in the the history of the franchise. When this happened last night, I'm telling you, for somebody that's been here for a long time, uh, there is a new energy amongst the fans, amongst the office staff, I'm sure amongst your new uh, teammates here. Uh, Absolutely wonderful. Thanks for taking the time. It's great to meet you. Can't wait to see you in September. Yeah, thank you. Johnny Goudreau, the newest Columbus Blue Jacket, joining me here on a live edition of CBJ in 30. Now he's going to go talk to everybody else. I love to be first. I love that. Thank you, Johnny. Love being first. Um, So... I do have some questions here that I can run through, and because I promised that I, I would do some questions for you, so let me uh, let me see if there's anything in here that we have not covered already in the long conversation that I had with uh, Jody Shelley, Jeff Rimmer, and Jean-Luc Grandpierre. You know, a lot of it is about uh, clearing cap space. We went through all of that, and uh, yeah, I think we pretty much covered just about every every inch of that. So. Uh, Oh, well, here's one. My buddy Cameron Maynard says, does this speed up the rebuild, perhaps make us a playoff team? Could they have gotten a better defenseman than Goodbranson on the market? What Goodbranson, what they got with him is exactly what they were looking for. They were looking for a big guy, physical guy, right shot, boom, they got it all. So could they have gotten a better guy? It depends how you want to describe better. Um, you know, a, a, a guy uh, – a smaller guy, more mobile guy, I don't know. But they got what they needed, Cameron, with Eric Goodbranson. That's exactly – what they uh, what they were looking for. Does this speed up the rebuild? Yeah, absolutely it does. I mean, you just got a superstar player, the number one free agent that was available in the National Hockey League, chose Columbus, signed in Columbus, is now a Columbus Blue Jacket. So I, this speeds it up. This speeds it up. And as, as we were talking about earlier, and, and Jody made a great point about uh, the players now that, uh, you know, the players that might be, more inclined to come to uh, Columbus and want to play with Johnny Gaudreau and uh, and a lot of these other players. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this speeds it up. This speeds it up quite a bit. Well, I've been on for uh, over an hour. It has been fantastic. It has been fun. I want to thank uh, Jody Shelley, Jeff Rimmer, Jean-Luc Grandpierre for being in on this. Uh, thanks for all the questions that you sent. Um, it's vacation time. It really is. I, I thought it was yesterday afternoon when I left here. I thought, well, you know, there goes the uh, there goes the season. Because yeah, it, it really, I know this is the start of a new season, but really this kind of, for me, it ends that last season. You have the season itself, and then you have to wait till the playoffs are over, and then you got the draft, then you got the free agency, and then you close the book and you open it up again in early September and uh, get ready for the next season. So this is it. This is the closing of the book. And, man, what a way to close the book on uh, the Blue Jackets season that they just had. All of the excitement that we went through during this past year. Cole Sillinger coming in at 18 years old, finding a spot on this roster, making himself a relevant National Hockey League player. Jake Voracek coming back to the Blue Jackets after 10 years in Philadelphia and being able to make the plays that he did, bring the leadership that he did. Patrick Laine able to bounce back, become a point-per-game player once again after a disappointing season that he went through the previous year when he got traded here from the Winnipeg Jets. Um, so much, so much. Zach Wierenski getting a big, long contract extension. Uh, Yarmo Kekalainen able to uh, trade a guy in Seth Jones that uh, that wasn't going to resign here and bring in Adam Boquist and Jake Bean and use that first-round pick to get Sillinger. Uh, all of those things. And then the team comes out and they just overachieve right out of the gate. And even when they went through their slide in January and into February, they came back strong again at the end. They didn't make the playoffs, but they left you with a lot of hope. And I said this during the season. I said it at the end of the season. I'm going to say it again here on, again, what I'm considering the last day of the season. The best games, 
not even some of the best games. I think the best games this team played this year were at Nationwide Arena. They were in front of you, and that's not a coincidence. They fed off your energy. They fed off your emotion, and the emotions right now are high. I, I cannot wait to see the opening night crowd. Just based on the excitement that that you brought last year to this building that fed to this bench and into these players, and they took it out on the ice. What do you think it's going to be like on opening night when Johnny Goudreau hits the ice for the first time? And yeah, he'll skate in preseason games. That doesn't count. It's going to be that first night when they open up here and uh, and he steps on the ice. I can't wait for that night. Absolutely cannot wait. Um, and I can't quit talking about this enough. This has been a fantastic, not even 24 hours. Fantastic. The most fantastic in the history of the Columbus Blue Jackets, it is fair to say. Johnny Goudreau is a Blue Jacket. Johnny Goudreau is going to join this team. He's going to join the great players, the young and up-and-coming players, the seasoned veteran players. He's going to make this better. He's going to make it a lot better. They're going to make it better together as a group, and I cannot wait for it to happen. Thanks for being here today on this uh, CBJ30 Live edition, thanks to the folks at Ruoff Mortgage. They have been uh, presenting all of our free agent coverage over the last couple of days. Really, really appreciate that. Thanks for you. Thanks to you for being there. And you guys are always there. Dylan Tyre and I did a thing last night at 9.45 at night, and you were there. I'm doing this today. You're here. This is, listen, people can say whatever they want to about non-traditional hockey markets, about Columbus, Ohio, and where it fits in in the National Hockey League. It is top rate, and that is why Johnny Gaudreau is here. And you knew how good it was. A lot of other people did not. They're going to know very soon. They will hear us in Columbus over the course of the next couple of years. It's going to be great. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Uh, I'm sure other things will happen. If they do anything uh, of big substance, I'll make sure to check in again. But enjoy the rest of your summer. It has been awesome. It has been great. Thanks to Johnny Gaudreau for uh, joining me. Thanks to Todd Chirac, our Vice President of Communications, for making that happen. Uh, look, listen, these things don't just come organically. You have to have people that are going to help to make them happen, and Todd did just that. So I appreciate that very much. And uh, that's going to do it. That'll wrap it up, this live edition of CBJ in 30. As the free agency period for the Blue Jackets, uh, essentially it's over. Again, I thought it was over yesterday. Maybe we talk tomorrow. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think so. You don't know. But again, before I leave you, once again, remember this. There are going to be some hard decisions that are going to be made. There might be some people that end up having to depart that you're not happy with. It's uh, Think of the emotions that you have today about Johnny Gaudreau getting here because, you know, sometimes the good goes with the bad. You might have to... You might have to say goodbye to a dear friend, and your new friend might make you forget about that old friend real quickly. So we'll see how it all happens. Again, thank you very much uh, for joining me today. That'll do it for this live edition of CBJ and 30. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.